Welcome to Two Agents in the Facts, where University of Georgia's Family Consumer Science agents, Leslie Weaver of Chatham County and Carrie Vandiver of Ware County, host friendly discussions on reliable, relatable, and research-based topics on real-life issues. It's rainy. <laughs> it's, it's really rainy. It is rainy here too. It's the I worst. stepped out so. into my yard um, one day last week and sunk. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's mm. the worst. Uh, what's our topic for today? Today we're talking about I get paid, then what? Story of my life. <laughs> what you got? So there's so many, so many, that's a pretty broad topic. I'm actually breaking it down to why you should open a bank account. And that seems silly because I'm sure that a lot of listeners are saying, why are you talking about that? I have a bank account. But a 2019 FDIC survey indicated that while the percentage of American households who do not bank has declined since 2009, there are still millions of households that do not have a bank account. How is that possible? People, people don't, sometimes people don't trust it, I think. They don't trust the banking system. And I, I think about, anytime I think about someone who doesn't have a bank account, in fact, someone was in my office just last week who told me that they um, do have a checking account, but they don't have a savings account and that they bury their money in their yard and um i don't know their address so that was, it was at least they didn't tell me like here's where it is uh, <laughs> x marks the spot my thing is with all with all this rain <laughs> you're falling into holes in your yard so is there like dollars <laughs> that's right mine would not mine would just flood up deeper, yeah deeper. You think right. about, do you know that National Lampoon's Vacation series and, you know, the Vegas vacation? Do you remember that where right. they where they were digging all of Cousin Eddie's money up out of the <laughs> yard? But you didn't know where any of it was, so they were just digging holes left and right. And he had like $6 here and then $100 from where he sold his kidney. And <laughs> just... <laughs> so some people, right. some people don't trust the banking system and... um or maybe it's maybe it's not trust. Maybe they don't have time. I don't know. I don't know the reasons why everyone doesn't. The FDIC chairman, um, her name is Jelena McWilliams. I hope I said that correctly. It has this great quote and it says, becoming part of the banking and financial system in the U.S. is a pathway into being a shareholder in the U.S. and having mm -hmm. a vested interest, not just in yourself, but also in the well-being in your community and the country as a whole. And I thought that um, okay. that really spoke to me because, you know, I'm real community minded and, oh, we need to do everything right. for everybody. And of course, I should have the money in the right. bank because it helps the greater good. And, th and that might be something that makes some people go, mm -mm, nope, that's why I'm not doing it. So, right. so um, anyway, the FDIC has this great flyer and we're going to share it on our Facebook page after this podcast is published. But it's top reasons to and they have a hashtag get banked. Um, and the yeah. first one is your money is safe, right? You know, your money is okay. safe. You're keeping cash in your home puts you at risk of theft, fire, flood, loss, or damage. 
Um, opening an account in an FDIC insured bank anywhere across the nation ensures that your money is protected in the event of a disaster. In addition, with uh, when you open an account in an FDIC insured bank, your money is safe in the unlikely event that the bank fails. You do not need to apply for this insurance. Coverage is automatic. So that is exactly what we were just talking about with Cousin Eddie. Right now, he didn't lose his money, but you were talking about it's so rainy right now. What you got your money in the yard? Where's it going? But also, right. if you are keeping your money stored in the drawers of your home, and there's a fire or someone breaks in, mm-hmm. then then that's lost, and you don't have it anymore. And so that I mean that is just the number one. Your money is safe I, to me is just the very reason to open a bank account. But there are more reasons. So let's go forward. <laughs> Number two, your money is protected against error and fraud. Federal laws protect you in the event of a debit card error or unauthorized electronic transactions, um, as long as you notify your bank in a timely manner. This happened actually to my husband. In September, we went on a trip and, um, you know, got gas somewhere, I guess. I guess that's where it, we, we, who knows? You don't know where you're number is stolen you just know it is right and so that's a a lot of times reasons why people think well i'm just not going to use that card i'm not going to have that kind of stuff because it can get stolen well if you're with an fdsc insured bank what we discovered um a few days later that we had not been to florida but there was a 500 hundred dollar charge on our account from florida but we called the bank and they Mm -hmm. corrected it immediately and whether or not they recovered those funds I don't know, but they were insured, so they were able to recover it. You know, I don't know that they got right. the person that that tried to steal my right. money, but they they were able to protect me, and that you know that's so important that that that's there. So even if you think, well, my identity can be stolen, my money can be stolen. If you're with an FDIC insured bank, you will likely get that back. Right, right, right. It be stolen out of your pocket when you drop it out of your pocket because you're using all that cash. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Which, and that, this isn't saying don't use cash because you use the envelope system and that sort of thing. I live by it, Karen. That's right. So this isn't, this isn't don't use cash. <laughs> this is keep your cash safe and then pull it out in increments mm-hmm. when you need it. But still, right. if you think that about cards, this is a, a way to protect yourself. Um, number three is you get your money faster with no check cashing fees. When your money is direct deposited yeah. into an FDIC insured bank account, you get access to your money sooner than you would with a paper check. And yeah. you can save money by not having to pay check cashing fees, right? Because a lot of people, you exactly. see people who get their paycheck and then they they don't have a bank. So they're going to the grocery store. They're going to the convenience store to yeah. get it checked and they have to yeah. pay for that. So you're you're getting money taken out of your your check just for getting it cash. And also, I realize if those who don't have um, a bank, you know, if someone gives you a check and they'll say it's from like a, a FDIC bank, SunTrust, Bank of America, whatever, if you don't have an account there, sometimes they will charge you. That's right. Check. It may just be like a 2 to $5 fee, but they're still going to right. even though it's their check. Yeah, and that 2 to $5 adds up, right? Mm-hmm. So this is what we talk about with saving. If you just save that much a day, well, if you get that taken away, there's, there you can't yeah. save that. Or you can't buy your coffee now. So there you go. And, <laughs> and I, t- I tell you what, there is no greater feeling to me than just opening up my um, bank account and seeing where my paycheck was just, I didn't even have to think about it. It just got right in there. It's just carefree and so nice. So, all right. Number four is uh, you can make online purchases with ease and peace of mind. 
Uh, this says some bank accounts provide you with a debit card you can use to shop online. If your account is with an FDIC insured bank, federal law limits your loss in the event of unauthorized online transaction. Number five, you have access to other products from the bank. Once you have established a relationship with a bank through a bank account, you can consider other financial products to help you achieve your financial goals, like credit cards, auto loans, and home mortgages. That's so true. It's so much easier to, if you need a loan for something, to get a loan from a bank that where you're a trusted customer. Yes, because they know yeah. you, and they know your, your habits, and they know your routines. So yes, you have that rapport mm -hmm. with them, definitely. You can transfer money to family and friends with ease. Person-to-person -person payments and mobile app payments have become a part of everyday life for many people. If you have a FDIC-insured bank account, you can use these services to send money to your friends and family without having to write a check, swap a card, or hand them cash. This has changed my life. I, I rarely have cash. Uh, I just right. bought Girl Scout cookies from R4HPA. Her daughter is a Girl Scout, and I just bought cookies from her last week. And all I did was like... I have Venmotor. There's the money. Yeah. I, oh, I don't have it. That's okay. Yeah. So, you know, I can easily, because a lot of, I feel like I have, uh, before my apps like these, I've been sort of like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I can't, I can't give you anything for this fundraiser or, well, I can't buy lunch at this pl place. Um, so mm -hmm. I can't go versus, well, this person has cash so they could pay and I can immediately Bloop, send them that money and not have to like owe them. You know, I don't owe you three days later. I just paid you with my app. And I, those those cash apps have not just cash app. Uh, there's so many of them. That's <laughs> smart of them to have that name. But yeah, all those are, um, they really are. And like well, babysitters, it's so easy to yeah. pay um, babysitters because they all have them and you just, or if, uh, <laughs> so this is, this is in my favor, but yesterday, uh, I was sitting beside my father yesterday, the day before the day we recorded this was Valentine's Day. So I was sitting beside my father. We had lunch together as a family and we were talking about he was sending some money to a family member for something they had purchased. And I said, well, while you're sending money out, you know, it's Valentine's Day. I, <laughs> I'm your daughter. And so he, he just sent me a little money. <laughs> so you could just easily. Also, Carrie. I'm not only just these apps that help out with your banks, but your banks now have these apps, mm -hmm. right? And even like you get a check or whatever, and you don't feel like, or you can't make it to the bank in time or the ATM, you could take a picture of your check. And oh my gosh. How cool. Is yes. That? I may do that today, actually. But That's yeah, all I ever do, like especially now. You know, we're supposed to not be going and doing in places all the time. So yeah, all I, I always do mobile deposit. It's so easy. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that for years. Yes. I love it. See, but I remember. And that's another thing too, right? With that mobile deposit, if you if you if your funds are getting a little low, um, mm -hmm. but you you have that check and you need to get it there, you can you can be, you can beat the transaction sometimes. Like, oh, I got this check. I got to put it in right quick so it'll be there to right. float if something. But you know what? That helps on saving too. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I if I can hold on to a check a little longer and then deposit when I know I need it, I can save more. That, that could just be me in my head, but I can. No, I think so. so. And I think, too, with, with like, I, I bank and, or I, my checking and savings is with the same bank, and I'm able to easily mm -hmm. transfer. And, you know, we've talked about that before, saving with the 52-week challenge. I'm doing that. And um, okay, I, I can just easily, on every Monday, pick up my phone and easily transfer that money from my checking to my savings. Versus if I didn't have that, 
app, if I didn't have that opportunity, or if I didn't have a bank account at all, and I was just trying to save that money in a jar somewhere, I would be less apt to do that. I, I would be less likely to, to pull the cash out from somewhere and put it into a savings somewhere else, you know? But since it's just right. a push of a button, it's so easy. It's just so easy to, to bank anymore. There's no reason why you shouldn't be doing it. Another thing this says is you have proof of payment, which again is another just like, oh, technology, how wonderful thing. But whenever you purchase an item with a checking account or a debit card, you have the proof that you paid it on your monthly statement. So you don't have to have those, you know, 27 digit verification codes from wherever that you've paid that bill because it shows up in your bank account and you can say, no, here it is. But if I just paid you cash, then there's no trail of that. If I lost the receipt or I lost that number, I can't prove that I paid that. And you could charge me again because I can't prove that I paid it. So that's a, a very good reason to have an account. Um, you can keep an eye on how much money you have. You can use your monthly statements to track your spending, create a budget, compare your budget to your spending and keep an eye on your payments and balances. And we've talked about that before, too. Right. Once you're starting a budget. Uh, if you don't have a track of it like that with your checking account, you can see, well, I spent money here, here, here and then start your budget that way saying this is how much i usually do on groceries how much i do on gas how much i do on whatever but if mm -hmm. you're not if you don't have that account keeping up with that stuff with you it'll be harder to start your budget because you may not have those receipts saved so you may not know what do i normally spend on these things so it's an easier way to keep track and to get your budget kind of in line you can set alerts most mobile banking systems allow you to sign up for alerts to notify you if your balance is low. If so you can set the amount that it might drop below and it'll send you an alert that says, hey, hey, calm down. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know that my bank, I don't know that I have that option, but many do. So that's a cool thing. And if your bank sees suspicious activity, they can send you alerts too. And that's happened before no. to us. I know they send alerts, but I've, if I don't respond quickly enough on my alerts, I've had the bank to call me and like, hey, where are you? Excuse me? Like, like, you know, like, like, are you in Denver? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just making sure you were going to be getting get that latte. But that's great. Right. You know, I think that's great. They're keeping I, love track of that. I love it. And then, and that kind of reminds me to call your bank and say, FYI, I'm going to travel here. You know, it's me. <laughs> it's me. That's right. Yeah. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially if you're going out the country or, uh, across the country. Yes, and that is honestly that is something you should do is let your bank know or your credit yeah. card company know yeah. if you're going somewhere unusual because if they stop your yeah. account, then that might be difficult. You might be stranded with nothing. I went I went to Jamaica one spring break or summer or something and I took cash with me, you know, but before I left I wanted to get some souvenirs and things and I was out of my cash, so I was trying to swipe my card, it would not go through. And my bank was like, nope, can't do it. Mm. So I appreciated mm -hmm. that. So I was like, okay, cool. I didn't need anyway, you know, but. <laughs> they might help you stop some unwanted spending. Some, some buyer's exactly. remorse later. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, All right. And then the yeah. final thing is that you can pay your bills from wherever you are. Just like you can deposit a check from wherever you are. You can pay your bills. Mm -hmm. I can, I can sit on my couch and pay my bills. I don't have to go in an office and pay a bill, which is especially helpful while we're still socially distancing and, and staying safe. But just mm -hmm. in general, I don't want to drive around everywhere. I remember in college having to like go to the power place and go pay my water bill in person and all like you had to go all these places. Cable. You had to pay the bill. Don't laugh at me. I still do. Well, that. I like that. So, okay, great. <laughs> 
I believe in people having jobs. Like I still go in the bank and talk. Well, about I want. Them. I know. I, I do. I do appreciate Deborah too. But but Leslie, what about? So here's here's the truth about me. We've talked about needing list. You know, like I have to have yeah. list or else I won't do it. And that's a thing with paying your bills. You need to make sure you have a list. Make sure you know, like when these like. So every month I go in my planner when I get to that month, I have to write down. Okay, these bills get paid this day. These bills get paid this day. You know, like I have to do that. Otherwise, I won't pay them. If they're not right there in front of me, I'm really bad about I'll just, oh, I forgot about it because it wasn't there in front of me. So I have to have the list. Also, I will wait till the very last minute. I won't pay on the first something that's due on the 15th. I'm going to be paying it on the 15th. And I can't help that. It's just who I am. So with this electronic banking, I can, one, easily just pay my bills online on the day they're due, or I can set up automatic bill pay. So I don't even have to think about it. Yes. Let me, t- now here's the thing about the automatic bill pay. Um, someone mentioned to me, and I think certain companies, if it's cable, whatever, there is like, there's sometimes a fee. Well, sometimes they don't give you a fee, but like the taxes and certain things. So I like to- Yeah, you have to check. If I'm paying my gas, yeah, I like to, like if I'm paying my gas bill, and usually it's always the, what we're going to talk about, a hundred something dollars. You know, and maybe one month, it may be 80. I want to be sure you're taking out 80 and not the... Right. You know what I mean? Mm. And I know that happens sometimes with a cable company because sometimes they'll be like, oh, well, your tax fees, uh-uh. But now there are ways, too, Leslie, you set up through your bank to do the automatic bill pay instead of doing it through the company. And then that should just uh, be no fees. That may be easier. Yes. I trust my bank a little more than the company. Sorry. Uh, Well, yeah. That's, again, why you need to have a banking account. Because you should trust your bank. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So that's, uh, that is just 10 reasons why it's important to uh, get banked, as they're saying. And we're going to, like I said, we'll share this flyer. And then there's also that a really great resource that was how to pick out a bank account, a checklist. And I thought it was really helpful. Mm -hmm. It had a lot of questions like, is this account insured by the FDIC? Does it have a monthly fee? Because, you know, some banks do have a monthly fee versus some don't. Or some have a fee if you only, if you don't have a certain amount in the bank, but some won't charge a fee at all. It just depends. So lots of, there's lots of different things on this checklist that you want to check out if, if you're setting up a bank account or if you're thinking about changing to a different bank, this is a great list of things to help you consider what's best for you and, and okay. your checking. So, and also if you have any other concerns or you want to look up um, a little more information, of course, Extension has resources to the public on its Family and Consumer Sciences UGA Extension page, or also you can check out fdic.gov slash get banked. So do that. Well, since we're talking about banking, can you believe it, Carrie? It's tax season. I can't believe it. Like we were getting W like these W2s and W9s. I'm like, what is this? What's happening? Is we just got that. And I feel like that's because, you know, with COVID and the IRS and people were home and it was just, you know, it's like we just got Well, yeah, well, and we all got to have that extension too, right? So I honestly did not file my taxes until July of last year. So I really did just do this. (laughs) I'm a little frustrated. Like, like this is just happening. So um, let's have a few tax tips for us to do with your tax return. You know, some people get these tax returns and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pay off debt. I'm going to do the kitchen over. I'm going to, you know, buy a new car. 
um, I'm going to buy the kids um, summer clothes and school uniforms and stock up. So like we all have these different things that we do with our tax return as like a break, mm-hmm. right? And that's our God given, right? I mean, we're Americans. We pay taxes. Well, right? and honestly, so, the government would like for you to do that. There's a great episode of The West Wing where they talk about that. Charlie, the assistant, uh-huh. is going to save his money uh-huh. and... President Bartlett uh-huh. is like fussing at him, like, no, we don't, we don't take your money and then give it back to you for you to save right. it. We want you to stimulate the economy. Right. <laughs> we want you to right. spend money on something. Right. Help your right. fellow man right. spend the money. Right. <laughs> right. So, or people go on vacations. When I was a little girl, my parents were going to kill me for saying this, but when I was a little girl, you know, taxes weren't like a like a fun thing in our house, you know, because it's like, oh crap, we got to pay taxes. But like after we like got settled and broke even or paid back, whatever, we always to go on vacation. Mm-hmm. So my mom would say, that's our payoff for government. <laughs> like we're going to Disney. Like, <laughs> these are the things that the UGA Extension Office advised you to do for tax season. It says in 2019, over 70% of taxpayers received a refund with an average refund totaling over $2,000, right? And this set an influx of cash um, that you may be asking yourself, well, what should I do with this? So it says, think before you spend. Remember that the peace of the financial security far outweighs the short-lived joys and impulsive purchases. So before you spend your tax refund, prioritize your needs and wants. Mm-hmm. So it could say, if you're a homeowner, you could say, you know what? We really want to add on this deck or we want to do this fire pit or, you know, this can go towards our repairs in a new room or we can paint. Things that's going to kind of bring you longevity. You right. Know? Um, And it also says meet current needs, current needs that is, include expensive uh, expenses, like within the next month or so, such as rent, food costs, utility or bills. Um, Make sure that you're able to cover these expenses. But um, if you recently lost income, consider using your refund for your current needs and savings. But be sure that other income that you will receive, such as unemployment and compensation or your next paycheck. So this year, that's Mm-hmm. pretty interesting because a lot of us had a lot of um unemployment issues right not because we want to but you know people that you've never been unemployed in your life or laid off in your life but due to this pandemic a lot of things shut down so it also says help your future you know by saving don't spend all of it but save a little bit you know if you're gonna say well i'm gonna meet my current needs and i'm gonna think before i spend and spend on something that we really need i'm gonna save this small little bit you know like we say pay yourself first right. Go ahead and pay yourself. And it would never hurt to pay down the debt. You know, once you meet your current needs and you saved and you paid yourself, you know, take that opportunity to just focus on some high interest rate debt, debt credit cards, or maybe you want to pay a student loan payment. Just think of little ways that you can make your tax refund work for you. I want to say that about paying oh, down the debt, Leslie. Do you know, you always think, well, this, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to. This is because because you get excited about your tax refund. We all do. If we right. say we don't, we might be lying about that. But you get excited because you get that back. Right. And you think, well, I pay my, you know, whatever debt it is every month and it's fine. But if you could just with that windfall of money, just get rid of the eliminate that debt, then you would have that money next month to do something else with. Not the whole amount, but you'd have that, you know, say your student loan payment is $200 a month or something. Well, now I've got $200 right. a month every month because I was able to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think mm-hmm. that's something to think about to like to encourage yourself to yes, use that money to just take out a chunk of debt because well, it's yeah, it's think about a credit card that a shopping card that you may have or something that you use often but you just can't really get mm-hmm. down. Just close your eyes and do it. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's my recommendation. And you'll feel so much better when it's finally done. Yeah. Just close your eyes and do it and hide it from yourself for a few months. And then yeah. To so for those about the unemployment, I know since a lot of us have been receiving, you know, the COVID relief and things like that, it's saying taxpayers, you know, be sure that you have the, the proper form. You'll have to use your 1099G showing your unemployment income. This could be the federal taxes that could withheld from your unemployment benefits or estimated tax payment that might have done neither. So just in case if you experience this, make sure you have the proper forms to go through um, the aspect. I know a lot of um, companies, some of them gave you unemployment and some did benefits, some did not. So I think they're, according to irs.gov, this is going to be the probably the biggest tackle for this season's taxes to make sure that people had the proper forms when it comes to unemployment right. benefits. And for taxpayers in general, let's just make sure some, we have our forms for our W-2s, which is our wage and tax statement. Make sure we have our 1099, which is miscellaneous income. If you rent or anything of that nature, maybe you have your 1099-INT, which is your interest income, your 1099-NEC, non-employment compensation, your 1099-G, which is a certain government payments like unemployment compensation and state tax refund, and then your 1095A health insurance marketplace statements forms. The IRS gives tips to talk about your tax preparer history, right? So let's make sure that we go to someone who or agency that's with the local Better Business Bureau to prepare our taxes, not someone that we just kind of know, you know, and can kind of just work up some numbers and then we get this crazy number right. back and we take the money and the next thing you know, the IRS is calling you or you have a certified <laughs> letter or you need to pay this before you go to the jail, you know, things like that happen. So you want to be sure that we have the proper person preparing our taxes. Um, you want to ask about their fees. You should avoid preparers who have a base fee of a percentage um, of the refund. So if you get X amount back, they want this amount. TurboTax and H&R Block, they should have the same amount of fee for the single person, right? Mm. I'm not going to lie to you because taxes are expensive filing them. Uh, I, they're not cheap. No. So I, and as for a single girl like me, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I go to my dad's accountant person because I feel like if I can go to them, uh, you could just camouflage my fee on them. <laughs> I know he's a clean, <laughs> but that's how we do it. And it works for me, you know, because and the thing is, she understands. She's like, you don't have any money. <laughs> you see the paperwork, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Just fill them. Just figure it out. Yeah, just yeah, because it that it costs. Yes, it does. It matters. Mm -hmm. it Which is why I started using TurboTax years ago and haven't let go of it yet. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Which and I still have to pay a fee for that, but I I feel like it's lower. But I haven't shopped around, so it may be the same fee that I would pay if I went to somewhere locally. So I really should do my research on that. And I'm sorry that I haven't. It also says to avoid pandemic related paper delays, and taxpayers should ask their preparer to file electronically and choose direct deposit. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing right now. And also, clearly that's helpful because for those who receive COVID relief packages, that's how they deposited funds or identified you if you did an e-file because you didn't get a paper check, right? So it was easier through your taxes, through IRS. Right. So e-file, you know, technology is the way mm -hmm. of the world. Um, make sure your preparer is available. Make sure that you can contact them, and especially even after April 15th, you know, after that's due date. So make sure if something pops up, you know, July or June or whatever, you still can contact that person and say, hey, they sent me this. Could we go back and look right. at it? Um, you don't want a person who's like, they're in the office next thing you know, no one ever heard of Earl, you know, Earl who? <laughs> <laughs> 
all because Carrie saw fifty dollars in taxes. Oh, we're going to you know. Like, <laughs> so you want to be sure that this is the <laughs> this person is going to be working and be available. Never sign a blank return. Taxpayers should not use tax preparers who ask them to sign a blank return form. That's scary. I don't think that's a good idea, right? So don't do that. Make sure once you get your return form, which is something I believe you should get towards the end, you'll be able to review it with them. That you have to ask questions and then you sign. Um, review before signing, before signing your tax return. Um, you should review it. This should be a chance for you to ask questions if you're not sure. Taxpayers should feel comfortable with the accuracy of their return before they sign. True. And that way, again, you can review the details about your refund and make sure that it's a proper uh, amount. Now, Carrie, we're not accountants, but if we know what we made for the year and we know what our taxes say, and then we get a refund for like 2.5 billion. <laughs> Something's not right. <laughs> right. We made, we made it fuck somebody, right? Don't sign. Just don't do it. You know? So these are the things that we need to be aware of, right? <laughs> Just to be sure. And sometimes, you know, I ask my, are you sure that's right? Because that looks a little funny, you know, but- you know, after you claim everything, you know, just be sure that's correct. Um, as I always, you know, you always say three people I don't want to mess with, the I, the R, and the S, I don't. <laughs> so I just want to be sure, ma'am, that's together. Um, ensure the preparer signs the return and includes their PTIN. All taxpayer preparers have a preparer tax identification number. By law, pay preparers must sign returns and include their PTIN on the return that they file. The taxpayer copy of the return is not required to, to have it on their PTIN, okay? So be sure you see that number. Um, report abusive tax preparers to the IRS. If Earl looks a little shaky, if there's only like a desk, a light, and a, a lounge chair in there for new services, you may want to report that, right? <laughs> so just be sure you're together. And those are our tips for uh, preparing your taxes. Um, also, if you have any issues on preparing your taxes, um, UGA Extension, we have a great program called VITA, and uh, you can go to your extension office. I am a VITA tax office. You mm -hmm. are? Ware County. You, you can are. come to Ware so County. I, right. So when I went online um, to our extension services, they had the maps that are are that the agents are located out in the in the state. And I counted 19. I could be wrong. And you can go to them and they will file your taxes free of charge. Correct. correct? So the way it works is okay. you have to call and make an appointment with the agent in the office. And then that agent will um, let you know what you need to bring. A lot of it is what that list of stuff that Leslie mentioned already, but there are some other things. So you need to have okay. that stuff prepared and then you will come in for your appointment and your agent will go through an interview process with you, kind of get all your stuff in order, make copies of those files, and then we send it safely to mm -hmm. tax preparers at the University of Georgia. Okay. And they get your return ready, and then you come back into the office, and we'll set you up on a Zoom appointment with that return preparer, and they'll go through it with you, and then they'll file from there. So it's a two-step, a two-appointment process, but it's worth it. It's free. It's safe. It's reputable, basic tax returns. But a lot of us aren't technologically savvy, and so um, we can help you with that. We can help you do that easy e-file, get it into your direct deposit. We set up the all the technology for you. All you have to do is show up and and be present. And, and have your stuff so awesome. yeah 
and I see in Savannah, um, we do not have a VITA person. However, I think there are cert- certain agencies like uh, Step Up Savannah, I think EOA, they have similar mm-hmm. services, if not the same program, but they have very similar services that you can go to. So if you do not have an agent in your county that is available to do this, uh, please check around to other services and resources. In your and you area. can look that you, you can look that up at irs.gov. Yes, yes, yes. So I feel good about this topic, Carrie. I feel like we gave a lot of good. Yeah, of course, of course, we did. We always do. <laughs> if I want to hear the person who thinks we didn't. <laughs> this is a teachable podcast here, and you're going to learn something. So yes, I I feel I feel good about that. winterizing your home it's cold right now it's so strange winter or georgia winters right we thought we've had full spring but it's getting cold and carrie you know what my gas bill last month was like 180 dollars i was so confused i was not sure and i've had a lot of issues with my gas in my apartment my apartment building is older and um i've had like leaks I've had like it just um, I've experienced different things with it. So I just try to figure out why the bill is so expensive. So as I'm looking at some tips, it talks about insulation and it says, you know, for apartment renters, make sure that your apartment is insulated correctly with easy remove weather stripping. Um, If you're worried about uh, getting any dings or damages caused by weather stripping, um, you can just simply make sure like your windows are not drafty or they don't have any cracks or cringes or there's air getting in, which is causing things to work harder. Um, The insulation when it comes to like bubble wrapping or foam, these are kind of the things that we should ask our... But so we want to think that it's going to be warm again, but it's not yet. It's still cold. And so these things are good for us to know now and good for us to know in the future when it's, you know, we get even in, in the summer when it's hot and we're pipe and air conditioning these things will help us then to right. uh like leslie's talking about insulation right. but like with your windows sometimes you think well you know to replace my windows would be so expensive but we're not talking about expensive fixes we're talking about inexpensive things you can do with so say you live in an older right. home with windows that aren't insulated and that maybe are cracked or whatever but you can find ways to caulk those windows caulk around if you see any cracks like it we just did a home renovation um did a, a kitchen renovation okay. and when we ripped out the old kitchen, we discovered, because we hadn't really searched around and found things, but underneath the old sink cabinet in my kitchen was just an open hole. It was just sitting on top of a hole. So it always felt cold over there. And I noticed there was like mildew build up a lot. And I was like, what is wrong with this house? Well, I mean, there was no barrier from the inside to the outside. And so just checking your home for things like that can make a huge difference in, you know, my heat and air every year was just going, draining out of that hole, right? So look for those things around the house and find ways to fix them. Now, sometimes it might be more expensive, but there are more inexpensive ways to, to, we could have at least put a piece of plywood down there, you know, if we had known about it underneath the house. Well, and that's, and that's when when it's time to like buy a home or rent a certain home or even apartment walk all the way through, open everything up. Like, just don't look at the surface of things. Open the attic. Crawl open under the, the house. Go under the <laughs> yeah, whatever you got to do, bring your flashlight. And, show and go with your inspector. Flashlight. When they say that they're looking at that stuff, exactly. go go see them looking exactly. at it. Um, but yes, check all that stuff out. And you know what else was interesting on the tips? Hot water. Uh, they say some to 80 to 85% of the energy you spend mm-hmm. is washing clothes. It's spent on the heating of the water. So try washing your clothes in cold water. 
This I never thought of. I do that anyway. I wash in cold water, but sometimes I may do warm, but am I am I truly paying attention to the cold water? Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, let me be sure I'm washing with cold water. If that doesn't work for you, try warm instead of just hot. So yes, very true. Or pipe and hot showers. You know, if you have a teen at home who, you know, is going through that stage that they're in the showers for hours and it's piping hot, uh, shower. You listen, know, like I think that, we've that talked matters. about that before when we talked about saving and I'm just not willing to make that sacrifice. <laughs> Something else I'll have to give. I saw that, Leslie, you have highlighted on this is your heating and cooling to think about getting a programmable thermostat. And um, by, it says by programming the thermostat to lower your home's air temperature when no one is at home, say from 72 degrees to 65 yes. degrees during the day, you can save as much as 10% on your heating yes. on your heating costs. I think about that all the time when I, you know, I try to remember because I don't have a programmable one. So I think I, I try to remember to bump it down. But sometimes I get home from the workday yes. and I'm like, oh, it's so warm in here. And then immediately my heart sinks. Right. Well, no one's been here exactly. <laughs> for then, it to be so right. warm. And then boom, here comes come the $1,000 bill, right? Exactly. But let me tell you something, Carrie. I have been working on turning around. I don't care if I'm like, because I'm in an apartment now. If I'm halfway down the steps or in the car, I will go back and be like, ooh, did I turn the heat off? Yes, Carrie. So, yes, I will get my steps in if I'm getting ready to pull off or if I forget to turn the thermostat off because... That does cost. However, I will say this, being in an apartment, especially because it's a little older, um, during the day, if the temperature is dropping and it's so low, like today, how muggy and wet and rainy it is, and the mm -hmm. temperature is like here, I think it's like in his 40s at one o'clock in the day, you know, I may not put it extremely low, just enough to knock the chill off. Does that make sense? So it won't yes. be so much for when I get home, I don't, it's not warm until eight o'clock, you know? So right. I well, and, and on a wet, days like this like in my house my house was built in the 30s i mean i had to right. run my heater otherwise it does get too wet and you exactly. know can build up mildew and that kind of stuff so exactly. we do have to like it's like a dehumidifier yeah oh you know need, i i really need one in my back room because it does not breathe the way it needs to right does that make sense Mm -hmm. uh, and running so if you don't have that um running your heat does help with that but no, yeah, that's a whole nother topic, isn't it? About getting a dehumidifier in your home for things like this. But um, yeah, so you can't, you can't just turn it completely off and you do want it to be comfortable when you get home. But so yes, that makes total sense, Leslie, what you said about leaving it just True. a little. Yeah. So yeah, that, and so I, you're not walking into an ice cube when you get home because nobody wants exactly, that either. <laughs> exactly. Now, this is an interesting one too. So it says, watch your oven. If your apartment gas bill is being inflated by oven usage, try moving or uh, sharing the load. So choose, uh, if you have to like have French fries or something, instead of um, cooking them in the oven, use them in a toaster or do them in a skillet or something like that. Or cook like, something yeah. else in the oven with the fries, it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Your utilities matter. You can do small things to make changes in these hard winter or hard, you know, even hard summer months when it seems like they're so high. There are easy, inexpensive ways that you can make small differences that can chunk two to five dollars. You know, it may seem small, but like we've said before, those small, those pennies add up. So mm -hmm. caulk your windows, seal the cracks. Uh, if there's around, I think, I don't know if you said this, but like, and kind of what I was getting at too with under the sink, with the hole under the sink, there's also holes around plumbing very often where you can, if yeah. you put your hand there, you can feel the cold air coming in. 
So yeah. cough that up or seal that up with the, you know, the mm -hmm. expandable foam and that kind of stuff. Check for wet spots around around your windows and doors. Uh, and drippy stuff. faucets. And yes. Like that. Yeah. That matters. So, and those are inexpensive things that you can, you can easily find ways to fix. Or if like Leslie's got a maintenance team. So yeah, hey, if you're a renter, you can right. hopefully get someone to come fix it. Now, if you're a homeowner or, or unfortunately a renter that might not have a, a landlord that that send someone over to fix things. Um, mm -hmm. that it's something you might have to do a little more research yourself on um, or get a handyman if, if it's in your budget. But these are things that should be easily fixable to help your budget and help lower your utility bills. Right? Is that what, that's what we're saying? That's what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Leslie, I enjoy every topic that I discuss with you. <laughs> I feel like you make the most boring things fun. <laughs> well, you have the same effect too. Perfect. It's a team. It's a team. It works. Uh, so uh, we hope you guys enjoyed our topics for today. And that is all that we have for you for Two Ages and the Back. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Agents and the Facts. We will drop new episodes every second and fourth Monday of the month. Find us on your favorite podcast app and follow us on Facebook. The University of Georgia is an equal opportunity, affirmative action, veteran disability institution.